0: Welcome to the punch like a girl podcast I'm Nathaniel I'm Liz and today we are talking about sunny side up which is by Jennifer L home and Matthew home and it doesn't really specify who did the art who did the writing It just kind of is. A quick reminder before we get into the specific books, the whole idea of this podcast is we go through any graphic novel, whether it is a trade compilation or a standalone piece, which this one is, that features a female protagonist. So this was one that Liz brought to the table. How'd you come by this one? Um, It
1: was... Well, um, Jennifer Holm and Matthew Holm are both known for their Baby Mouse series, which is popular with a lot of um, early elementary students. So that's why I think um, for some um, people that read this, it might skew a little younger and feel a little younger. But that's how I knew it. That's how I knew the authors. It was also sent to us um, by Scholastic as one of their preview books for a book fair so that's how I came across it
0: that makes sense so this is obviously as Liz said this is one of the sort of younger aimed ones Um, I mean did they actually say how old the the main character in it is she is 10 10 yes alright so this and and it and it's basically targeted at that age group I would say Um,
1: Mm -hmm, and that's I think of my students that read it they were mainly in third or fourth grade i don't think any of my middle schoolers maybe a couple of them picked it up yeah but yeah
0: and, th- and that's an age range that makes sense because i mean in term it's it it's fairly long in terms of page count it's over two hundred pages long but it's very it's very light on dialogue it reads very quick it actually um it reminded me more of like a collection of newspaper strips in terms of pacing and how quickly it reads mm-hmm. than than most graphic novels, so that that age range kind of makes sense. Um, but um, so synopsis on this: Sunny is ten
1: because
0: mm-hmm. Liz pays better attention than I do. Well,
1: I read it more recently too, so that makes sense.
0: Well, that that helps. You know, do you if-
1: want me to give a brief
0: synopsis of it? Well, I was going to say it would have helped if I read it at all. I'm just going to flip through this real quick. No, I I read it. I read it. I swear. Um, Sure, if you want to do the synopsis, go Um, for it.
1: So Sunny is 10. She goes to um, visit her grandfather in Florida. Um, She's picturing Disneyland and all sorts of wonderful things, like sort of a picturesque touristy version of Florida. She gets there and she does not find that it's very boring her grandfather lives in a retirement um community and their big excitement is going to the post office or going to the grocery store and they can only handle one of those per day so or
0: going to the five o'clock buffet
1: yes the early bird special (coughs) is featured um and part of the sort of mystery of it is why she was sent to florida um with her grandfather which we'll probably talk about in a bit um
0: yeah that's it's i suppose it qualifies as a spoiler it's not like it's a big Reveal. It's not like a dun 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 thing, but it's a later revelation in the book. So, w- w- when we get to the point where we're gonna talk about that specifically, we'll we'll give you a spoiler warning. Um, and if you check the show notes, you'll I'll I'll put down at what point we are talking that spoiler. So if you really want to, you can skip it. Um, but oh, the the other thing is, this is actually a period piece. It is uh, set in 1976. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: there's a lot of good details for that as well. Um, they talk about the Bicentennial. The artwork kind of is reminiscent of it. The like the outfits people are wearing. Um,
0: the art, the artwork in general, again, it kind of brings to mind, in my mind, a newspaper strip. It's that mm-hmm. sort of pared down. I don't necessarily want to say simplistic because, I mean, it's certainly better than anything I could draw. But it, it looks like something that an artist who maybe is capable of doing more detail put together quickly it sort of has that vibe and i don't mean that as a knock but that's just what comes to mind when i when i look at the art and the styling of it
1: yeah it's kind of like quickly drawn yeah it looks like that
0: well it and it also reads really quick i think Mm -hmm. i read this like i said it's over 200 pages i think i read this in 20 minutes
1: it really is it's breezy it's quick um there again there isn't a lot of dialogue or a lot of you know like exposition or anything it just kind of gets into it lots of expressions and reactions
0: yeah which i think it how quick it is kind of sums up my feeling about it it's it's pretty good but it's kind of a it's kind of a popcorn read like you get through it quickly and then it doesn't leave a lot of, of an, an impression once you're done it's just kind of oh that was nice what's next
1: <laughs> yeah that being said and I mean one of the things we've alluded to is there are some serious issues going on um, and it's something they discussed in the letter to the editor or not the letter to the editor a note from the authors where they um, talked about the, why they wrote this book um,
0: so a spoiler for about what we're about to get into
1: it is about substance abuse. The main character has a brother with serious substance abuse problems. And they kind of wanted to give a book, to write a book for kids who are dealing with that and feel like they are silenced and don't know how to express it. How that For kids who feel like they're keeping a deep secret about it.
0: Yeah. So the, this whole thing with the brother for me is something I appreciate what they were trying for, but is kind of my major complaint about the book because um, it's n- it's not that it's handled badly but they kind of take it to such a degree that I found it counterproductive and what I mean by that is it's it's not enough that her brother is becoming alienated from her family and is is kind of on the outs with their dad. They have to take it up to a level where he shows up to a family gathering drunk and tries to punch their father and she gets in the way and he ends up punching her. That to me is elevating it to a level. And again, I there may there may be truth behind this story. This could be based on a true story. I have no idea. And I'm not saying that whether or not that's the case validates or invalidates it. But from a strictly as a narrative for kids, that elevates it to such a level that I almost think it it now doesn't work. And to kind of explain what I mean by that, when, when, I was, when I was a kid, when I was in grade school, I remember there were so many PSAs and people coming in to talk about, et cetera, peer pressure. Mm. It, it was like a big thing at the time. But the thing is, when I was that young, i honestly did not thought i think i had ever been the victim of peer pressure and the reason i thought that was because no one at any point in my life ever said to me any variant of the phrase you're not cool if you don't do this <laughs> right you laugh but that's the phrase that was in every psa yes. every talk every whatever and because my reality never got to that elevated level that they feel they have to take it to make it make sense to kids I Mm -hmm. honestly thought I had never experienced peer pressure because it was only ever communicated to me in this slightly over the top way that actually detaches it from the reality. Mm -hmm. And I just wonder if it would have been more relatable if there had been this brother and, you know, you can establish, you know, maybe he's fallen in with the wrong crowd and he's going out late at night and he's drinking. But just the fact that if they could have just established that they sent her away so that they can try and work with him and reconnect with him, but not have to take it to the level of he punched her. Because I wonder if that's just going to leave kids whose life has not gotten to that elevated level thinking, well, that's not me. I'm I'm not in a dysfunctional family because no one's ever hit me.
1: I think it depends on the age level of the kid. And I think by fourth grade, they are sophisticated enough. Um, to understand the difference and realize like it got to this point but they could see like they could see the warning signs early on that the brothers getting into trouble so maybe they have a sibling or a parent that is going through the same issues but it doesn't get to the level of domestic violence Um, I think I think we should give readers more credit, young readers more credit, that they can differentiate between that, and I think they
0: can relate to certain things in it. You um, know what? That's fair. I've may, I may have been a very stupid kid. That is a distinct possibility. <laughs> I'm not
1: saying that at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying knowing my students the way they are, like I think they can relate to parts of it um, if they are, if they have parents that suffer through that, and um, you know, may have, or to any of our readers out there who have had family members who have gone to rehab or something. It, it you know, is certainly a hard process and stuff, but it doesn't have to um, have the domestic violence element. You know?
0: Hey, you know what? That's fair. And that is kind of my only substantive criticism of the book. Because like I said, it, it's light and it's, and it's, it's paced very well. Mm-hmm. certainly which is, is why it's such a quick read it's not only a quick read because it's like uh, it's insubstantial it didn't leave the biggest lasting impact on me but it, it is it's just a fast paced thing it just kind of goes and there are a lot of small moments in it that i liked i liked um i liked the grandfather because i think it's reminiscent of many relationships that grandparents have with their kids which is that they are you know not their kids their grandkids um, which is that they they're trying to connect and do fun things, but they're doing things that are fun for them as senior citizens, <laughs> yeah, and thinking that the kids will enjoy that. And that's not how it works. But he's trying,
1: yeah, and I think too, speaking of the grandfather, the whole issue with him trying to hide his smoking and yes. things like that, they're trying. I think there are some parallels drawn to. That and the brother, you know, and his drinking issues and his substance abuse issues. Which I think maybe even if they don't relate to the story with the brother, they might relate to the story with the grandfather. You know, like a parent or a grandparent, you know, kind of hiding a habit that they're embarrassed about.
0: Yeah. Well, also the fact that he does, you know, sort of knuckle down and throw and like have Sonny help him throw all of them away kind of gives you the... um the more positive side of the substance abuse thing, because you've got the brother who has obviously gone down a very bad path, but you've still got this other side you know, with the grandfather that says, you can come back from this. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, smoking is not the same thing as being on drugs or being an alcoholic or whatever, but it, it does still give, it, it keeps the story from getting too much of a down note, because you can look at the grandfather and go, well, he had something that he didn't think he could let go of, and he has... Mm -hmm. so i i think that helps
1: Um, and that being said the story does end on a positive note in the grandfather she's going back to um i believe it's virginia and um the grandfather just remembering reminding her to keep her sunny side up so um and she kind of ends with like a smile on her face and like some memories of her time in florida so
0: i I think the stuff that i probably liked the best was the ways that she finds to kill time because her grandfather is up for doing so little so like she she meets this boy whose name i now can't remember um if 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 only the book was in front of us right now i know
1: why can't i remember it either um yes you can tell how much um impact this book had on it, in that we can't remember the name of one of the main characters. But I can remember the comic books they read. Well, yes.
0: <laughs> so so she meets this boy um, who um, is around the, the old folks' home, who's around her age, and together they find a bunch of stuff to do. Like, they start finding senior citizens' lost cats and bringing them back. Or they start <laughs> retrieving golf balls that go off the course... What?
1: I have his name. Yes? It's
0: Buzz. Buzz. After
1: Buzz Aldrin. That's
0: right. You say that, you, the instant you say that, it's like, duh.
1: I think they only mention his name like once or twice. So that is why we don't remember it.
0: That's true. You know, and it's funny. I think the reason this reads so quick is because there's no narration. hmm And actually, most of the the books that, that we've encountered so far that I've at least breezed through that I know are on the docket. Um, that have a protagonist of that age usually have a narration box so we can read their inner thoughts. And this one doesn't have that. And it very easily could have. But I think the removal of that and just letting the, the pictures and the dialogue say what you need to know about her thoughts is probably part of why it's so, it reads so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, Buzz, who also gets her into comic books, which that's, obviously, that's a soft spot for me. That made me happy.
1: I think that's maybe why I recommended this, because I, I liked her introduction to comic books and her being like, I love, the, I love the parts where she's like, oh, here's what's emotionally going on with Batman, and this is really rough, or here's what's going on with Spider-Man, and he's like, he flings webs out of his <laughs> wrists, and she's like, yes, and he's a moody teenager, and he's, tormented. Know, he's going, and he's tormented, and he's like, but web wrists! <laughs>
0: well i and i also love it because she's she has great taste in superheroes because she she leaves at the very end you know she's saying bye to buzz and she's like i'm i'm still batman just so we're clear Mm -hmm. and it's like well yeah you know who's awesome Mm
1: -hmm. yes she she has very distinctive clear taste for someone who is just getting started in comic books so i appreciate that about her
0: well, Batman's always a good in. Is like I don't know how widespread a phrase it is, but certainly within the the podcasting community that that I have been um, chained to, the the phrase "everyone goes through a Batman phase" is is not an uncommon one. Because um, he's he's just a really easy character to to get a grips on, and he's also really cool.
1: Yeah, all that technology. He yes, he will be mentioned in another. And another one of the graphic novels we will do.
0: Oh, yeah. We're well, Although we will never do anything that features Batman as the protagonist, because obviously that's against the mission statement of this podcast, he is going to be showing up peripherally. Um, and well, God, he already has at this point. He will be again. Do not worry. Um, so I'm not sure how much else there is to say about this particular one. I have a feeling this episode is going to run... A little on the short side because, like I said, it's it's such a breezy read. Mm-hmm. There isn't really all that much to um, else yeah. to dive in on. It.
1: I guess on that note, too, um, the one other thing I would say about this is I think the flashbacks to what the issues with her brother are are really well done within it and just woven into the narration really well or the story that she's telling in Florida. So
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, the, the whole thing as a complete piece is very well paced. And, and again, I, I think that's part of what makes it read so quickly. You're not... When it shifts gears or it goes into flashbacks or whatever, you're not going, wait, what's going on? It just... it It's a very natural... Well, it makes natural sense that this is where we are now. Mm-hmm. Kind of progression from bit to bit. Exactly. So yeah sunny side up if you know what i would say if you can get a hold of it at a at a library something like that it's worth a read i'm i wouldn't say you should rush out and buy it because it it is so kind of popcorn-y um but no it 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 was good and it certainly um i i think it did a pretty good job accomplishing of what it set out to do
1: i would agree yeah i mean it's not my favorite or anything, and reading it again, I was like, oh, this is a lot more breezy than I thought. It's a lot more of a quick read. But I think in a light way, and with if you're interested in, like, the 70s, it might be a fun read. Um, and it does deal with some important topics as well.
0: It does. I think it's worth noting, though, that while there are things that are specific to the 70s, like the Bicentennial, it doesn't really date the story in any way. No. I mean, all... Aside from the mention of the bicentennial, practically all it does is explain why these kids don't have cell phones.
1: Also, and the Dorothy Hamill haircut—I remember that. No. Ah, she, yeah. she got a Dorothy Hamill haircut in the beginning of the book, and it's like it's. She's like it's not really what I expected it to look like, but she she's not loving it so there is that other
0: reference. there there is that but really those two references aside most of the other references are pretty evergreen like you can reference spider-man and batman and it doesn't really date you too badly
1: yes exactly
0: so yeah if if the idea of the 1970s setting you thought might you know either put you off or put your kid off or whatever i don't think it will
1: no definitely not and it's, it's kind of it's not a period that is explored as much in children's literature as say like World War II which is um, especially in like realistic fiction is almost overdone.
0: Mm.
1: Um, So it's kind of you know it's kind of might be a new decade for kids to explore. So
0: That's that's true. So I guess that about does it up for this one. So thanks so much for for tuning in folks. Thanks everybody. Bye.
1: Bye. I'm Batman.
0: Hey guys, it's Nathaniel. Uh, Before we do the whole, you know, end credits thing and and let the song play one more time, um, I just wanted to pop in here with this real quick. I I wanted Liz to be here for this, but we tried to schedule, you know, adding in this little tag at the end and we couldn't get, it didn't work. So you're just getting me because I didn't want to bounce this uh, until next month because we got a new iTunes review. And I want to give acknowledgement for it, appreciation for it and give it a quick read. So this is from Count Druncula, uh, also known as Ryan Daly, who's got way too many shows to plug, but his newest is the Batman Nightcast. cast. That's Knight with a K, of course. But he has left an iTunes review. It is a five-star review. Thank you in advance before I even read it, and now I will actually read it. He writes, A podcast celebrating comics and graphic novels with strong female protagonists has never felt as relevant or as necessary as it does today. Each episode, Liz and Nathaniel review a story plucked from the ranks of popular superhero fiction or little-known yet critically acclaimed independent comics and analyze its strengths and weaknesses as a story and representation of women in the genre. One of the hosts brings knowledge, expertise, and historical context to the reviews, while the other brings a more holistic, immediate emotional reaction to the material. I'll let you decide which is which so as not to play on gender stereotypes. Subscribe to Punch Like a Girl today. I didn't even have to add that plug at the end. Ryan actually said it. So thank you very much. And I do want to encourage anyone who is listening, if you do enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you could leave an iTunes review. It helps raise the profile of the show. It helps more people be able to find it. And as you've just heard, either myself or Liz, it'll it'll probably be Liz next time, will in fact read it so we can give our full appreciation for that. Thanks so much. And now I will return you to your regularly scheduled closing credits.
1: Punch Like a Girl is a Council of Geeks production.
0: Feedback can be left at the Facebook page and at punchlikeagirlpod.wordpress.com.
1: You can also follow us on Twitter at punchlikeagirl1. The theme music is composed and recorded by Erica Drysbach, whose other works can be found at ericaricardo.com.
0: Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.